welcome to another edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, we'll be discussing the best and worst fantasy situations. So we'll be talking about those guys that, for example, in running backs, they have carry splits. They have not enough rushes. Things like that for quarterbacks. Not enough pass attempts. Not enough weapons. Not enough guys to spread the ball around. It'll be like that basically for all positions. And we'll give you the best situations for fantasy for a player and the worst. We'll end the show with a quick Would You Rather segment. We're bringing that back where we got uh, one comparison per each position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. So before we get started, just a couple announcements. Um, as of a couple days ago, we are officially on Stitcher. So that puts us on, uh, I guess, the top five podcast platforms. I'm not sure exactly what the ranks are, but Chris, um, for all the Stitcher listeners out there, this is certainly a welcome site. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to be back for another show and back, or not back on Stitcher, but on Stitcher finally. Yeah, we got actually thrown out of Stitcher one time. Um, no, I'm just, no, I'm just kidding, of course. But we were not ever on Stitcher, so we're not back. But it's good to be back recording, and it's good to be on Stitcher. The other announcement, in the next few weeks, we are going to start a live show. And this is very exciting for us. And uh, it'll live show will be every Saturday from 7 to 8 p.m. as of right now. Um, it'll, it'll start in the next few weeks. We're not exactly sure when, but we'll p- keep you posted. Um, also, however, we have put out some live streams, just Chris or just me. We can't both do it at the same time as of right now, but we have put out separate live streams. And you can find them on the Sportscaster app. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-C-A-S-T-R, Sportscaster. So you can find our streams there. You can download the app or use a computer browser. Um, look us up. We're at SG Sports Talk. So our channel is called mm-hmm. Second and Goal Sports Talk, and you can find us at SG Sports Talk. We've already got some streams up there. Yeah, I, I just did a stream maybe a, an hour or so before I did a stream just talking about my five free agent situations that are still unresolved. Just a sneak peek. I My first one was Jadevian Clowney. If you want to see the four others, you can go check that out. It was good. It was fun. Me and Calvin have both done one. I think Calvin yours was top 25 overall fantasy players, right? Yes. I think that's our first look from the podcast into our top 25. We haven't gotten there yet in our schedule, but we will getting you get you guys on the podcast that soon. But yes. And you can also find it on the website. Yeah, you can find it our rankings on the website at sites.google.com slash view slash second and goal fantasy. You can find Chris' rankings, my rankings, touchdown Kirk's rankings, who is our other writer. Um so yeah, this is this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be a fun episode. And like like I said, our show will just be about all sports. It won't be about fantasy. It might be a little about fantasy once the season gets started. But our second and goal sports talk at SG Sports Talk will be about fantasy and this or will mostly be not about fantasy. It'll be about all sports. And this podcast will remain as a fantasy podcast. Um, also, one other thing. Unfortunately, um, I, I just ordered a new mic. It has not arrived yet. So I apologize for my sound quality, but hopefully you'll have to only put up for this for one more week because um, hopefully my mic comes. And I think it's got good sound quality. So I think you're going to like it next week or mm-hmm. in two weeks if it doesn't come in time. Yeah, um, Kevin, I want to say you've gotten good at your uh, sites.google.com slash I can't even say it, but you've gotten good at <laughs> you've gotten good at reading some of our websites and accounts and SG Sports Talk. I can see you're you're practicing that <laughs> sportscaster reading it out. You got some good at those. 
Yeah, I think I got practice with that when we had uh, Luke Brown from The Next on a couple episodes ago. He actually has one of the top channels on Sportscaster, and uh, I had to read, I practiced that before the episode, reading out the letters of Sportscaster to spell it out for people who did not know about the app. Mm -hmm. So you can find him, He's his show is called The Next. Um, I think it has the fourth most live view, or it has the fourth most views this month on Sportscaster. So it's a big show, and it was fun to have him on. You can listen to that episode. But first, mm-hmm. listen to this, because we've got some best and worst fantasy situations for you. And uh, as we were going through these, we realized almost all of the best are like studs, which makes sense, because mm-hmm. the reason they're studs is partly because of their good situation. Um, so we will start with quarterback. And quarterback, there's one, a couple that are pretty obvious. Uh, the first one that's very obvious to me is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have Patrick Mahomes at the top of your list for best situations, and I'd even say it's respectable to have him as your best quarterback, I mean, if you don't have him at the top of best situations, there's something wrong. He's got Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. He's got a new running back in Clyde Edwards-Solaire. I know he has a solid offensive line. They're Super Bowl champs. He's got a great coach that allows him to let the ball fly, and everything is just perfect there in Kansas City for anyone in that offense. Or, well, actually. I won't say for anyone, but for a quarterback who gets all the work by himself, doesn't have any competition, it's very good. Yeah, there's actually a guy in that offense that we put in the worst situations, who we'll talk about later. But I disagree with you on the Mahomes versus Jackson debate. I don't think there's any debate that Mahomes could be the top quarterback. It's clearly Jackson in my eyes, although Mahomes is the clear number two. I think that I would I will say that I definitely have Jackson number one, but I wouldn't be surprised if Mahomes – finish number one next year. I won't say, I don't think it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Prescott finished over Mahomes at two, but I don't think that's going to happen. So it's, I think uh, it's interesting. I just don't think there's really much of a debate and Mm -hmm. Jackson should go ahead of Mahomes. However, with tight ends, Travis Kelsey versus George Kittle, I have got George Kittle as my number one tight end actually, instead of Travis Kelsey. Um, I don't think we're going to be talking about that today, but you can actually hear about, I don't want to say you can hear about that in a couple months because that seems like seems kind of cruel. I mean, the reason mainly I have George Kittle above is because even with playing with an injury last year, he averaged exactly the same amount of points per game and half PPR as Travis Kelsey. Exactly the same. 12.9. So I think it's a solid. And I think I rank them a little lower than most people rank the top two tight ends, but I've got Kittle higher than Kelsey in my overall rankings. Um, our next quarterback, who I just talked about, was Dak Prescott. And Prescott, partly because of his situation, is for me, the th- third best quarterback. And with the, the addition of CeeDee Lamb to go along with Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and Ezekiel Elliott in that offense, Chris, I think his uh, value, if it ca- hasn't soared enough already, might even soar even more. Yeah, I do think that Dak Prescott is by far in one of the best situations. I think he's another obvious one. I mean, he has so much talent there. And then you add a young guy that could really burst onto the scene in CeeDee Lamb. He has a really good chance to be a top fantasy quarterback. And I think that he will be. As far as the situation, more on that, uh, he he really has a solid offensive line. I think that getting rid of Jason Garrett is going to help him. The only thing he needs to work out is those contract and all that, and all that. I mean, I think that I don't wouldn't necessarily. It's been the best situation financially for him. I mean, he's had a lot of trouble working out a contract. He's Jerry Jones is kind of a confusing guy sometimes, but I I think that if he can get back on that team and firm up his spot as the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys with the new contract, he'll definitely be the top guy. Yeah. I think there's pretty much no question that he plays all 16 games next year, unless injured in my opinion. 
Mm -hmm. Um, but we'll go to RB and the first one is another cowboy. We've got Ezekiel Elliott. And like we talked about, he's got all these weapons around him, stud wide receivers and Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup and CD lamb, maybe not stud, but CD lamb's super talented. Michael Gallup is very talented. Amari Cooper is pretty close to a stud if he's not one. So we've got Ezekiel Elliott, who's very consistent, obviously got a good quarterback and Chris, I think he's, he would be good on his own, but the situation only helps his value. And I think you can rely on him as I think I have him as my number four RB right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Travis Frederick retiring, I don't think that that helps his case to be one of the best fantasy situations. But even with – it shows how good of a situation Zeke is in that we can still put him on this list even when he lost a guy like uh, Travis Frederick to retirement. And so he just has so many weapons. And Dak is able to allow – Dak's throwing ability and the wide receivers there are allowed to allow – Zeke to be able to have an open box, be able to find some lanes, be able to get some good rushes, work well off the play action. He catches great screen passes. I mean, he, they have a lot of vertical threats. The, the addition of CeeDee Lamb only helps. And now you have uh, Mike McCarthy coming in. And I think that's, I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily better, but I do think that he's a better coach than Jason Garrett. I mean, Jason Garrett used to run the run the ball into the ground with Zeke, but I think that there might not be as much of a workload, but I think it'll be a a more productive workload for Zeke where he'll be getting a higher yards per carry because he's, they're not as predictable. Yeah, I mean, the good thing that you can, um, for Zeke, that you can expect is that you know that he's going to be consistent every single week. Um, We'll actually talk about him definitely in an episode. I think this is actually next week where we have sure things and risky players and Zeke is at the top of many people's list for sure things. You'll hear about him more next week because he's just so consistent. But um, yeah, I love, uh, definitely like Zeke next year. I wouldn't say I love him because his value is high, but I like him. I, I think he's a decent value. Uh, not like a value value, but good at value. Um, so next guy is Kenyon Drake, and Kenyon Drake's a guy I really love next year because with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins to go along with a versatile quarterback in Kyler Murray, I think the wide, the wide getting a wide receiver for the Cardinals really helps Drake and really helps take the pressure off him since Hopkins will definitely undoubtedly be double covered a lot. Mm-hmm. Drake, we know, was on a tear at the end of last season anyway. So I think, um, yeah, I think I have him as my actually number seven RB right now, six or seven. I actually moved him up a lot because I really love his potential next year. And I think he was so great. And Hopkins, the addition of Hopkins will only help his value next year. Yeah, I think that Cliff's King, Cliff Kingsbury's offense are going to work out some kinks there and they're going to be able to really fit that Cliff Kingsbury offense into the NFL. And it's going to work very well, I think. So I think that'll really benefit Kenyon Drake. I think it, Kenyon Drake is going to be a good guy to kind of not, not really change a pace, but to take away from that. Uh, passing game and their defenses are going to be so focused on that combination of Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and then you're going to have to be worried about Kyler Murray running one way and then you've got Kenyon Drake running the other way and I just think that there's so much room to have a really good running back he doesn't have much competition anymore in Arizona so I think that uh, he'll have a great season next year yeah Kenyon Drake I checked is my number seven RB um, to figure out where my other top RBs were ranked you can watch my top 25 overall half PPR fantasy football rankings uh, show. That was really long. But, yeah, so, um, Calvin, I have Kenyon Drake in 11, so I know this isn't a debate episode, but I, mm-hmm. I feel like there are a lot of guys that – I mean, I know you have Kenyon Drake ahead of someone like Austin Eckler, and Austin Eckler just has so much value next year, I feel like. 
I mean, we, I, I, obviously this isn't a rankings debate episode, like Chris said. I actually moved down Joe Mixon to my number nine RB, not because Mixon is bad. Don't start thinking Mixon is bad. It's just that there are nine guys that I really love next year, and Mixon is barely at the back. But mm-hmm. So that kind of ruins our rankings debate, because I think Chris also has him at number nine. We should have mm-hmm. done Drake last week, if I, but I moved up Drake since last week. But it's just, Drake for me, it, you just have to look at the stats from the end of last year. I feel like the second half stats are no fluke, and he'll be able to keep this up. And, oh, man, we couldn't go an episode without mentioning Adam Gase. But ever since he came out of that offense in Miami with Adam – wait. or Well, Adam Gase was there most of the years. And then – so ever since he came out of Adam Gase's system, he started doing better and better. So I don't think that's a fluke either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Yeah, I think we can both agree that when you're with Adam Gase, you're not going to be as good, so it's not much of a fluke, really. Yes. Um, so the third – agree upon that, yeah. Yeah. So the third running back is another elite guy, Derrick Henry, who I actually moved up above Ezekiel Elliott because, believe it or not, last year Dan- Derrick Henry outperformed Ezekiel Elliott even in half PPR leagues. Derrick Henry's just so hard to stop. And Chris, I think he's not doesn't have the best weapons around him, but the fact that the Titans just let him run the ball into the ground over and mm-hmm. over really helps his fantasy value. Yeah, so there's guys like Zeke. And I, Zeke is at a insanely talented runner but I don't think he's at the level that Derrick Henry is he's right knocking on the doorstep but he's not there and that gives him the ability to let the Titans kind of run him into the ground and they just keep on feeding him and feeding him and feeding him and then he can still catch a pass or two so he's still a solid guy in the pass catching game I mean he can still make some plays out there and then you have Ryan Tannehill so I if you've watched any of the earlier podcast episodes I've probably talked about loving Ryan Tannehill I think he has so much value and he's being so under undervalued and from an NFL standpoint he was a pro bowler when he only I think he started his first game in week four and he became a pro bowler so that's really saying something about what NFL coaches and players think of Ryan Tannehill and so I think that that's that combination is really good for him and then obviously like you said Calvin they just run it into the ground with Henry yeah I think with Tannehill is Tannehill um I think he might have started his first game in more like week eight, but still getting up the, either way, that only helps your case for Tannehill. Uh, very mm-hmm. impressive. Um, but wide receiver, uh, we'll move on there. Number one guy is Michael Thomas. And not only does he have a great quarterback in Drew Brees, a great running back in Elvin Kamara to make space for him. Drew Brees loves throwing him the ball. He broke Marvin Harrison's receptions record and then broke his own record the following year in half PPR. This is amazing. And he's clearly the number one wide receiver. His situation doesn't hurt it. In fact, it helps his case. Yeah, and before before we, before I say something on Michael Thomas, I wanted to mention something about Derrick Henry. He actually, the Titans, uh, Deion Lewis, who was their main pass-catching back, kind of the change of pace back, is gone from the Titans. He's moved on to the Giants. So I think that that does give Derrick Henry some value just because I think that he can really step up in the passing game because that was one of the bigger flaws in his game, and that's why he's not being ranked as high in half PPR. And that actually makes me want to move Derrick Henry up, knowing that I think that Mike Rabel sees Henry as a guy that can cast pa- catch passes. Yes, um, I'm glad I've convinced you or helped convince you to move Henry up. I guess you partly convinced I, I, I yourself. Always had, but, I always said Henry up. Yeah, I know, but I mean, I guess I, I shouldn't take credit. It was mostly you, but like I helped a little bit. You, you um, supported me. Yeah, I supported you. Okay, back on Michael Thomas. Anyways, Michael Thomas, obvious number one fantasy wide receiver. Best situation out of any wide receiver, I think, because he – just gets a huge target share from Michael Thomas. It's incredible. I think it was like 30%, and he does not drop passes. He's so consistent with his catches. And then I just love how the 
the Saints are able to mix things up with Alvin Kamara in the passing game. They've got Latavius Murray, who is on the rise. And then Michael Thomas is the clear-cut guy that can work against double coverage, but he still has the ability to, like, I mean, will work against double coverage, but then you still have people like Emmanuel Sanders coming in that are going to take away from that double coverage, and then he just has even more value. So it's just – I think that he has a really good chance to be – or I think he will be the number one receiver in fantasy, and I think – he has one of the best situations, which allows him to be that guy. Yeah, he's definitely clearly the number one wide receiver. Anyone who thinks otherwise is a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go to wide receiver number two. He's my wide receiver three. It's Devontae Adams, and he's another guy like Thomas. He doesn't have the weapons around him that Thomas does, but obviously Aaron Rodgers is just going to keep feeding him the ball. And he's basically the uh, number. He's basically the number one target there, and there's really no other targets. Um, him Chris you were making like a slashing motion across your mouth and he's doing it again and I thought like my mic was muted or something no no Calvin yeah I think your mic is like it's making a buzzing noise because it's too close to your mouth I think so oh, okay signal um how is this this is our pre this is our pre-testing <laughs> we shouldn't we probably should have, we probably should edit this out um if you're hearing this it was probably just because I was pretty lazy and decided not to edit it out but um or more for the comedy standpoint but yes I was I was I don't know if you can imagine it, but I was making a motion of moving the mic away. It was a very confusing motion. Okay, how how is this? That is beautiful, Calvin. No, it's not. It's really not. This mic is not beautiful at all. That's why I got a new one. And uh, yeah, but anyways, okay. Back on topic. <laughs> we tend to get oh. off topic a lot more the last few episodes. Yeah, I think I that. I guess we're just off topicy. Okay, on to number two, Devonte Adams for the best fantasy situations at wide receiver. Um, yeah, oh, I started making this slashing motion and not realizing Chris was uh, wa- asking a question. Um, Adam, wait, I already talked about Adams. I said that he's ma- the main guy in Aaron Rodgers' offense. What, but uh, guys, if you were distracted by the buzzing, um, Devontae Adams is he's basically the main target there. He doesn't have the same weapons that Thomas does, but I think he's the same in that he's just a target monster and mm-hmm. Rodgers really has no one else to throw to. I mean, Breeze yeah. does. I mean, but- they didn't draft anyone in the dra- – in- they didn't draft anyone in the draft, so I think that that really boosts his value and his situation because he has no competition, really. And Alan Lazard is a guy that I think is on the rise, and I think that every good wide receiver needs a guy that you can trust to make a few catches so that his the focus isn't solely on that top guy. So I think Alan Lazard will serve in that role. Uh, yes, I think he will. And I don't know. I feel like it was a little underwhelming last year, but I have confidence because I think Aaron Rodgers expressed confidence in him. And obviously mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is always right. Yeah, number three is Alshon <laughs> Jeffrey. This is yeah. one that Calvin said. I'm not as sure as I, if I like this one because I do not really like Carson Wentz next year. But Oh, rankings debate. Rankings debate. Alshon Jeffrey. I think Carson Wentz. It doesn't even matter, though. Alshon Jeffrey is talented enough. And the Eagles expressed intent on – uh, using Alshon Jeffrey in a featured role as the number one wide receiver. If he can stay on the field and stay healthy, I like that situation for in terms of targets. Mm-hmm. I think we're going we're gonna to need a sound effect for rankings debate, Calvin, definitely. Oh, yeah, we. If, if I'm not lazy, then we, we, you might have heard a sound effect, but you probably didn't because I'm probably not going to add one in. Uh, yeah, we, we probably haven't made one doing either. doing more work on editing. <laughs> but, yes, um, so I think, yeah, Jeffrey. Why do we get off topic every single receiver? Okay, this Calvin, every single player. This one, as we move on to tight end, we're gonna stay on topic for both of these tight ends. Okay. Yes. Ready? No mention of SG Sports Talk, second goal Sports Talk. 
No mentions of Chris. Okay, Kevin, you're getting off topic right now. Ready, (laughs) set, go. Kevin one is George Kittle, and I disagree with you a little bit on this, Calvin, just because I think that George Kittle, I think that they're more of a run-first offense, and I think that that leads to Kittle being more of a run-blocking guy, which I don't like him as much for a best situation because I do think that that run-blocking really takes away from him. And I've heard that one of his favorite things, more than catching passes, is to run block. I mean, he's always so excited to run block. I've heard from uh, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, I know Kyle personally. Oh. Yeah, same. Uh, I, I think I know George him Kittle, more personally than you. I, I, oh, we got off topic. Calvin! Dang it, Calvin! Dang Calvin it, had to no. mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you said you knew Kyle personally, so you caused it. Uh, okay, what? so we're going to start over, and uh, we'll, we'll continue George Kittle, and we'll do our next tight end. But then for worst situation QBs, we will stay on topic for both mm-hmm. of them. And then okay. we'll do another goal if we can do that. Okay. First. okay. So, uh, yeah, George Kittle, I just don't think – I think he's a, definitely above average situation, definitely, like, one of the best situations for tight ends. I don't know if he's necessarily top two, but I do think that he is a really good situation. Wait, you don't know if he's top two tight ends? I mean, no, not t- top two. I meant uh, – Top two situation. Oh, I was going to say, because I'm wor- a little worried if you don't think he's a... Actually, there's a case to be made. But mm-hmm. he is the number one tight end. And I'm waving like a one finger in front of the... Uh, my pointer finger in front of the camera. And we got off topic again. But no, remember, our goal for not getting off topic okay, was Calvin, on just, the worst okay, QB. Rob Gronkowski, number two. Our number two tight end. Okay, um, so Rob Gron- Chris, you're acting like you're like putting me back on topic, but then you say stuff like, I know Kyle personally, so it's not helping. Rob Gronkowski is in a nice situation. You've got guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin take the pressure off him. You've got a quarterback in Tom Brady who knows his traits, knows his tendencies. Chris, stop. Make- he's making the slashing motion again. Is it buzzing or is it, it not? When you, you're getting very loud, Calvin, so it's, it's, it's buzzing. Oh. Yes. Well, I think it automatically adjusts volume on Zoom, so how about how's this? That's good. Okay, so I'll move it a little further away, the mouthpiece. But okay. um, we, we cannot get through this. I wonder how long this thing is going to be. I think it's been like 30 minutes so far. I don't know. But we got to get through it. Gronkowski, the main thing for him is injury risk. Like, like I said, he's got Tom Brady there, who's really helpful in terms of his situation. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't call injuries a situation. I would say that the, situ- the place where he is – the guys to take targets off of him. The quarterback he has puts him in a good spot if he's on the field, but there is still a worry there with that injury risk. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so this is where our goal starts, where we're not getting off topic. It's our worst QBs, and we got to get through both of these. And okay. uh, so the, I know the slashing motion now means move your mic farther away. And you don't have to mention every time I do it. Oh, yeah, I should probably should edit those out. Oh, wait, I'm not going to. But um, Okay, <laughs> oh, ready. QB. You can hire an editor. Okay, no, we don't start it until we. Okay, so until we've got hire Cal- an editor. until Calvin's gotten his off-topic out of him. Oh, uh, really? It's like you, like you have it. I mean, I probably said more, but you. It's not like you are innocent either. But we'll. All right, we're now we're starting QB and starting. It will. We're not gonna get off-topic until the QBs are over in three, two, one. All right, so our first QB in the best situation is Deshaun, or no, worst situation, is Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson, after losing his top receiver, he really is in a bad situation. Brandon Cooks just doesn't cut it for replacing DeAndre Hopkins, even though he is talented. I think Watson, though, is the type of guy that can carry a team on his back. And I think he still has major fantasy relevance, even without very many weapons. I mean, I guess he's got David Johnson, and that's Mm -hmm. really about it. Yeah, and I think uh, Bill O'Brien's going to continue to make some bad moves for Deshaun Watson and the Texans, so I don't think that that's going to help him at all. I do think that 
Deshaun Watson is a really good player. He's just in a bad situation. Yeah, and I don't know if it, it this situation will affect him a little. I don't think it will too much. Also, another guy, Jarrett Stidham, who I don't have close to my top 24, or a, a little bit close, but I have him uh, close to my top 24, not in yeah, it, me though. me too. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jarrett Stidham is definitely not helped by the fact that he pretty much has Julian Edelman, and that's about it, in his offense. I mean, he's got, like, Sony Michelle and James White at running back. Not really much a receiver after they lost Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown, but... Um, yeah, Jarrett Stidham, I think this, he's not that great in the first place. I didn't, he wasn't even that good in garbage time last year, mm-hmm. so I don't really yeah, like when, him. Yeah, when you see the GOAT Tom Brady struggle in that Patriots offense last year, that really worries you about the situation for Jarrett Stidham next year when they've lost Josh Gordon and Anto- Antonio Brown, when someone like Tom Brady can't function there. So I think that his fantasy value isn't looking too good next year. Yeah, let's go. We did it. We didn't get off topic. And when I said Antonio Brown, I paused for a second because I was yes, like, I, I could tell. A, B. Um, but yeah, we didn't get off topic. So, um, let, all right, next goal. We're going to do it all the way through the RBs. We're going to stay on topic through the worst situation RBs. Um, and the first one is Melvin Gordon and really all of the Broncos' backfield. Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman as well. Melvin Gordon is just um, – what, what am I trying to say? Melvin Gordon – He's a talented guy, but I feel like Lindsey will eat into his carries. And there's no doubt that the situation affects him. He's still fantasy relevant, but and he's still the starter. However, Chris, I just think that the, for this situation, it's definitely not ideal, and it's one of the worst for any running back. Yeah, I'd actually say that this wasn't a very good signing by the Broncos. I actually liked Philip Lindsay there. I think he was really growing into a good back, and I think that he was the future for the Broncos. And I do think that this kind of hurts everyone, not just Melvin Gordon, but the entire Broncos backfield value because you see someone like Philip Lindsay who has so much potential just not going to be much of a factor in the running game more as a passing back I think because of Melvin Gordon and so I just don't like this move for the Broncos and definitely don't like it from a fantasy standpoint for the situations of Melvin Gordon and that Broncos backfield yeah I basically agree uh pretty much everything you said but um the next guy is Aaron Jones and so Aaron Jones He's in a bad situation just because the Packers refuse year after year, or not year after year, but like last year, to, and the year before too. They refuse to just give him carries, and he's so efficient. I mm-hmm. think he's so efficient that he can actually make up for this for the most part. And I don't think Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon will be two big factors. So I think he's my number six running back. He was the number two guy last year in half PPR for running backs. So Aaron Jones, not loving the situation. I think he can help sort of make up for it, though. Mm-hmm. I would definitely agree. Okay, uh, our third and final worst situation for running backs is Devin Singletary. And I think that, I mean, with Zach Moss coming onto the scene, I don't know if Devin Singletary's situation is looking too good. I actually would – Calvin wrote this one. I would disagree with it because I actually, <laughs> I actually like Devin Singletary, but I see where Calvin's coming from with the addition of Zach Moss because I think that Zach Moss could start to eat in. I just don't know if it's going to be this year. Well, it's not just Zach Moss for me. It's also Josh Allen. And Josh Allen, I think in the last two seasons, had 17 rushing touchdowns, which is the most for any quarterback. He's just crazy with the rushing touchdowns. And I like Singletary for the yard. Lamar must have been. Lamar. No, I don't think so. I think it was rushing touchdowns. Last season? He was either first – no, last two seasons. Oh, last two seasons. Then that makes sense. Okay. Yes. Um, No, but like Devin Singletary, I think he had like nine and eight. But like Devin Singletary just – good for yards but I think with the touchdowns it was always worrisome and he mm-hmm. was being consistent but not like any uh, I would actually disagree I think that his 
the one thing about Devin Singletary is that he hasn't been consistent. Is the more I think about it, the more I kind of agree that you put him on here, Calvin, because I remember thinking about putting him in one of our episodes and looking through his stat line, and he just wasn't getting getting the carries that I think he deserves. And so now when they add Zach Moss, I think that that number gets lower, and I just I I'm gonna agree with you on this one, actually, Calvin. At the end of it, I think that Devin Singletary is not in a very good fantasy situation, especially with a running quarterback like yeah, Josh I, Allen. I just think well, the, the yards are consistent. The touchdowns are not, and the carries are not. And with Zach Moss, Zach Moss is not going to help that. So it's maybe not the worst situation, but I really don't like it. I'll probably be avoiding Devin Singletary next year. It's a shame because he's so talented. Um, but Let's keep we'll this go going, Calvin. Yeah, we'll go to wide receiver. <laughs> I was about to say, but then we'll keep it going, though. Wide receiver, uh, our first one is Cortland Sutton. And we were having trouble finding some wide receivers, but then mm-hmm. a few popped into our head, like, right away. So we got Cortland Sutton at first, who is – I think he was obviously great with the Broncos last year. But I feel like the Broncos are one of those teams, like, that I think of. Like, it's sort of like Mitchell Trubisky and Allen Robinson. The quarterback is so bad that they can only handle one good fantasy wide receiver. But when you have two studs, like Sutton and Judy in the offense, I feel like they might sort of cancel each other out and not Mm -hmm. play too well. So Sutton is definitely a loser from his fantasy situation, but from where he was before, which was one of the best, in my opinion. Yeah, did – I think – how many running – or wide receivers did the Broncos draft? Got Judy and K.J. Hamler first two rounds. Yeah, K.J. Hamler. So he's also a guy that's going to eat into uh, Sutton's value. So I think that – the Broncos had a good situation with Cortland Sutton, but now it's not a good one. And now, and then you think about Drew Locke, who, I mean, I've said on past shows that I did like Drew Locke, but I just, <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily see it working out too great. I don't think it's going to be awful, but I don't think that he's really the future for the Broncos. I don't think he's able to support a wide receiver like Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler next year. So I don't think that Cortland Sutton is in a good situation to be a super top 10 fantasy wide receiver, which I've seen him going at before this whole draft thing happened. Well, I don't know if you said you liked Drew Locke in past episodes. I think you said you were interested to see what you were going to see in him. I don't know. But was that off topic? Calvin. (laughs) I mean, it's fun to have a little off topic. It's just, it doesn't go on too long because our episode lengths have stayed like between 40 minutes and an hour pretty much for the most yeah. part this we've really been speeding along until now but um i feel like if we have a brief aside that i should be allowed to say it mm-hmm. <laughs> okay anyways our second best uh our second worst wide receiver situation is christian kirks just because the addition of De- deandre hopkins he is vaulted into that number one wide receiver spot in arizona and obviously that pushes everyone down one slot so i just don't see it working out in this situation with Christian Kirk, how about you, Cal? Yeah, I've never really seen what the hype is about about Andy Isabella. It just seems that fantasy analysts can't really forget that he was non-existent in this first year. And then they see Andy Isabella get this lucky long touchdown. I'm like, I think it was like a screen pass. And they're like, suddenly Andy Isabella is on our fantasy radar. I don't understand it. I feel like he's not – he's he is irrelevant. And maybe he's talented a little. But, like, I don't, especially with Hopkins, I don't like that. He's mm-hmm. another guy with a bad situation. Um, our last one is Nicole Hardman on the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is and what we hinted at earlier, right at the start of the show, actually. Almost yeah. at the at the beginning and almost at the end, we have Chiefs players. But Nicole Hardman, there's just too much competition there for, I think, us to call it a good situation. And if, if say, maybe Sammy Watkins wasn't there and Tyree Kill wasn't as dominant, then maybe Nicole Hardman would be a good situation. But at the moment, there's just not enough – 
work left in that Kansas City offense. Yeah, it's just Ty- Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey were already taking tons of targets. Then you get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to go along with Damian Williams. You've got complimentary guys like Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson. Hardman was basically non-existent last year. I don't even know why I still have him in my top 60, to be honest. I think I have him very late in there in case they start using him suddenly. I mean, it's possible he finishes as a top 60 receiver. I'm not really sure, though. I just feel I, it's possible I take him out of there. So we'll go to tight end. And, um, yeah, for this is another situation where you got a lot of targets to compete. And it's really Zach Ertz. And also, in parentheses, Dallas Goddard is what I put on here. Um, so with Ertz and Goddard, they're going to compete with each other for targets. I think Goddard will be undervalued and Ertz will be overvalued because of this competition. But Ertz also has to compete with Alshon Jeffrey and Jalen Rager and uh, Deshaun Jackson. So I feel like with Ertz, it's just, I mean, Ertz is going to be the guy who was hurt by this a lot. I think Goddard is consistent and talented. And not, not that Ertz isn't. They'll both be involved. It's just that people expect Ertz to have a heavy workload when he may not. And people expect Goddard to have a light workload when he may have a heavier one than people think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting two uh, in – Philadelphia for the Eagles. I think that they've got a good group of tight ends there. Yeah. They have a good problem, I'd say. They have too many talented tight ends, and they've got to figure out how to work them both into the offense. Yeah, the good thing is, I guess, are two tight end sets becoming more or less common? I, that's pretty interesting, but the Eagles can certainly use one. Mm-hmm. Um, when the, Our other guy is Will Disley, a guy who I don't have in my top 24, but he was really hurt when Seattle signed Greg Olson. I actually just realized I don't think I have Disley or Olsen in my top 24. Disley. Yeah, Olsen might crack it, but, I mean, Disley also have Jacob Hollister, who I know the Seahawks like towards the end of the season. Then they side Greg Olson. It sounds like they're kind of done with Will Disley. Even though Will Disley was so good, I think he was the third best tight end at the beginning of the season before he uh, tore his ACL. Yeah, Disley was great. I don't understand why they don't like him. Or maybe they're just trying to do a tight end by committee. Maybe they're running some three tight end sets. Um, <laughs> yeah, but um, Disley – I, I I do like I would like him if Olsen wasn't there. I just, yeah. I feel like I I for, completely forgot about Will Disley. I haven't thought about him in months ever since they signed yeah. Olsen. Jeez, or Hollister for that matter. Mm-hmm. So we'll go to Would You Rather, the return of Would You Rather. Yeah. Let's go. So we got quarterback one comparison, one comparison at running back, one comparison at wide receiver, one comparison at tight end, and the first comparison. So. Uh, let's trade off. How about, Chris, you start quarterback and wide receiver. I'll start running back and tight end. So we will go to you first. And okay. quarterback, Deshaun Watson or Kyler Murray? I'm going to have to say Kyler Murray just because I think that Murray is in a better situation. This is an interesting one because uh, you could make cases that Kyler Murray is in one of the best situations. And uh, like we said, Deshaun Watson is in one of the worst situations. It's kind of a – I think Deshaun Watson is more talented at the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could change depending on how well Kyler Murray does because Kyler Murray was a number one pick. But I think the Sean Watson at the moment is more talented. But I think that he's in a worse situation. So this really – I think for this one, it really applies to kind of the episode because the main reason that we don't have the Sean Watson ahead of Murray is the, the situation. And I think that Murray with Hopkins will really shine. And I think that Cliff Kurt Kingsbury has a better offense. Like I said, I don't like – Deshaun Watson's situation with Bill O'Brien. I just don't like anything in that Texans organization, but I love everything that's going on in the Cardinals. So I think that that just gives Kyler Murray the edge. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Murray too. I was originally thinking Watson, but then I realized with Kyler Murray, I mean, I know he ended the season badly, but he got DeAndre Hopkins. And the main reason I feel like he ended the season badly was because of his passing. So I like Murray next year. 
and he's got another year under his belt. Now for RB, and this is a really interesting one. I love this comparison. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, Joe Mixon or Kenyon Drake? Oh, wait. Oh, I was going to start. Oh, Wasn't yeah. I? Okay. Okay, I'll start. All right. Joe Mixon or Kenyon Drake? I'm going to have to say Joe – Oh. Man, this is the toughest one on here because I'm worried about Joe Mixon's holdout. I really am. Man, you've had all episode to think about. Mm. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, I don't know, Calvin, you go first. I'll listen to what you have to say. You can see if you can sway my opinion. For me, it's Kenyon Drake. And I've got Kenyon Drake two spots ahead of Mixon, but they're so close in value. Don't get me wrong. Don't because, say like that, I said, Calvin. I, I need to decide. <laughs> those, top net, those top nine guys at RB are also good. It's just that Kenyon Drake was playing better at the end of last season. Mixon, while he has the pass-catching ability, I don't know if the Bengals are going to see that and use him that way. Meanwhile, Kenyon Drake's got a re- – I think he's got a better floor, and I think he's also got a better ceiling. So I'll go with Drake, but I love Mixon too. I love both of these guys, and they're both going undervalued in drafts because they're going behind many wide receivers when they should not be. All right, Chris, we'll go to you. Yeah, I think that – I mean, the thing about Joe Mixon is I think that He's a better player than Kenyon Drake, but I think ugh, I mean I don't even want to say that just because this is a really tough one for me. Like you said, Calvin, these two guys are really close. I mean, they've been going really close together in drafts. It's kind of opinion. I guess I haven't really decided on it. I mean, Kenyon Drake. I, I'm right now. I'm looking at the Cardinals. Who would you end. take right now? Imagine we're doing a mock draft like we've done a lot and you're on the clock, and you're looking for a running back. You took um, DeAndre Hopkins at number 11, and you're at 14. And the top two running backs left are Joe Mixon and Kenyon Drake. Which one are you taking? Joe Mixon. Okay, that's your answer. I'm going to go with Joe Mixon just because I've been looking at the depth charts, and I actually kind of – Chase Edmonds is a guy that I think could sneakily – enter that Cardinals depth chart and t- be maybe a cha- change of pace guy. Also, you know, Benjamin could be that guy. Obviously, Kenyon Drake is going to be the starter, but I think that Joe Mixon doesn't have as much competition, and I actually like the compliment of Giovanni Bernard. I think that that supports Joe Mixon, and now with an offense that is going to be able to throw the ball, like they ha- they haven't been able to do that since before Andy Dalton. I, I mean, or well, Andy Dalton's been able to throw, but they haven't been able to throw like – I think they could with Joe Burrow just because they haven't had the talent at quarterback. And obviously Joe Burrow being the number one pick, he's extremely talented. And I think that if AJ Green stays healthy, Joe Mixon will be the number one guy because they will be able to work in a running game in a, and a passing game, which will open up running, which will open up opportunities in both running yeah. and passing. I totally agree that the draft pick of Burrow helps. People are arguing that since A.J. Green's coming back, that hurts Mixon's value. But I don't think that a wide receiver coming back ever hurts a running back. It, mm-hmm. If anything, it gives them more space. And it, Mixon did not have a lot of space. Although mm-hmm. he was still pretty efficient, I would say. Very mm-hmm. efficient, actually. We'll go to wide receiver. And uh, I guess I'll start since you started the first two crit. Or no, I started – we actually got back on track because I started RB because you were thinking. So you'll start mm-hmm. wide receiver then. So, Chris, would you rather have Julio Jones or Mike Evans? Mike Evans this one is an easy one for me I think that the GOAT is in Tampa I don't know if you guys watched the match it was really fun to watch I actually might do a a live stream on Sportscaster kind of just recapping that because I really had a lot of fun watching that I think it's really interesting it was a good fun show all for a good cause so I like that but I do think that Mike Evans is the better player and I think he's in the better situation I was talking about earlier how uh oh yeah before we started Calvin actually wanted to put Mike Evans on the on the bad list, but I totally disagree with that because I think that 
he'll it really thrive with a with a better quarterback and uh he wasn't really able to do that because of the interceptions that James Winston was constantly throwing so I mean I like Julio but he's just I he's so consistent but he's never had that huge year and I think that Mike Evans is due for a, a huge year Again, this year, just like he did last year. Okay, first of all, I did not put Mike <laughs> I just I'm just laughing thinking about it. I did not put Mike Evans on the bad list. I put him on the worst situation. Putting him on okay. the bad list makes it seem like I didn't like him. Yeah, you put him on the naughty list. The naughty. Yes, he was very naughty. <laughs> um but <laughs> um yeah, I I'm gonna have to go with Julio. And I think Julio it's underrated, and when you look at his points, I think it was top three or top four last year in half PPR. He's a guy who's gonna put up fourteen hundred yards at least next year for sure. It's, I love that potential. The touchdowns aren't quite there, but I feel like, and I love Evans too. They're all very close. It's just that with Evans, he's more of a deep threat. Brady won't, will still throw to him in short to intermediate passes, even though Brady doesn't throw, obviously Brady doesn't throw deep as much, but I think Evans is, it's going to take away from his value a little that he doesn't have as many deep catches. Um, go to tight end, unless Chris, you have something to say. He's shaking his head and putting his palm on his face. So let's see. It's just bad take, Calvin. Bad, bad take. Who? <laughs> let's see who finishes higher in fantasy. Yeah, this is why. This is why we're gonna have the big competition. We're gonna have to make like an hour long or two hour long special, just reviewing all our picks at the end of the fantasy season and just seeing, giving you guys the final tally of how much I won by. Or we could do okay. it. Uh, no, no, you can't go off topic like that and then just move on. You can't just be like how much I won by. Oh, let's go on to tight end. Um, that's not fair. Um, we got to get my word in. Obviously, you guys know. You guys have listened to the podcast, and you guys know I have the better takes. You could email us secondandgoldfantasy at gmail dot com or comment. Who's or, yes, comment um on Podbean or wherever. Um, Who you think is gonna win? Whose rankings you like better? Yeah, and we if if we get any responses, we'll tell you about them next episode. Last time we said to email you, we were like email us with who has the better Star Wars mock draft, and nobody did so. Um, if you guys can email us to see who say who has the better takes, uh, me or Chris, we would be happy to hear it. I would be happy to hear it if it's me. Chris would be happy to hear it if it's him. Well, no, either way, we'd be happy to hear it. But you'd be happy to get an email from anyone. Yeah. Wait, Calvin. Uh, I know you're good at reading all the names. What's the name of the our email? Go. Secondgoldfantasy at gmail dot com. There you go. Or I said gmail. It's gmail. You might have to slow it down to 0.25 speed, everyone, to hear what he actually said. But he said second and goal fantasy at gmail.com. Okay. Tyler Higby at, or Evan Ingram. I didn't Ingram say at okay. tight ends. I said second and goal fantasy at gmail.com. Calvin, stop. Tyler Higby or Evan Ingram? <laughs> Tyler Higby. And it's not that, it's a little close, but it's not that close because what? of Evan Ingram's injury risk. The Giants, uh, things from the Giants, the Giants insiders are saying, or I, one Giants insider said that I saw, they don't think Evan Ingram can really ever stay healthy. He's such an injury risk. And I lo- like his talent. When he's on the field, I probably would have him higher than Tyler Higby. It's just that his injury risk is so huge. And especially with all those targets in the offense, Mr. I love Darius Slayton, Chris over here. Yeah, Calvin, I, 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 I literally spread my hands out and like threw my hands out as soon as you said Evan Ingram that I knocked my mic over. I don't know if you guys could hear that bumping noise, but I knocked my mic over because I was so shocked by your pick of Tyler Higby when Evan Ingram is so much more talented and he's got a quarterback like Daniel Jones on the rise and I just in his first season he didn't really deal with injuries that much and I think that a high ankle sprain I mean is brutal and can cause future injury risk I would say I know, but like I mean, I don't we're know. Not, not we're not going fan. all over Saquon Barkley, who had a high ankle sprain. And I kind of am. I mean, I don't love. Risk, I'm a little worried about Barkley's injury risk. Not a lot. But but I, I just worried. think that 
Evan Ingram is way more proven when he's on the field, and I just don't trust Tyler Higby enough to put him above Evan Ingram. I just think if Evan Ingram could even stay healthy for three quarters of the game that Tyler Higby is, I think that'll outperform him. Tyler Higby for me, I feel like he puts up close to he can put up close to the production of Evan Ingram, and then he has like not the injury risk, and maybe even better production than Evan Ingram. He was great at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. I love Tyler Higby. It's just too small of a sample size for me to put Higby ahead of Ingram. Okay, I mean I can see that. I just disagree. Um, so that's the end of our episode. I actually don't know how long this was. Was this how long do you think it was? Chris? Maybe like forty-five minutes or fifty minutes. Yeah, I couldn't really tell. I thought we started. Um, I, I don't know. I would. Yeah, we did we start? Yeah, I guess we started like almost an hour ago. I, yeah, I don't we'll, remember. I we'll remember we started almost hour, an hour. You ago. guys will know how long it is. Yeah, we don't. Uh, yeah, it's kind of annoying. I should probably make tra- keep track of the time better. I know it's not over an hour, right? No, it's definitely <laughs> not over an hour. Okay, okay. Yeah, it felt a little shorter, but I feel like it was long. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but thanks for listening. Download. Thanks for downloading and listening as always. Uh, if you want to email us with any questions about fantasy football or to say whose takes are better. Go to second and goal. Email us at secondandgoalfantasy at gmail.com. You can also leave a review telling us who you think is better. You can leave a comment, whatever you want. Any well, way of telling us, any way of affirming the rest of the show's beliefs and speaking for everyone by saying that Chris's ranks are better. I mean, you don't have to leave a review because that's sort of, we don't want to cheat the review system because, like, if people are like, people who are like, ask questions in the reviews get so many five stars and it's kind of cheats it. But that's okay. You don't have to leave a review if you don't want to. Uh, leave a please review do. if you like the podcast. Don't leave it if you hate it. You shouldn't hate this, but if you hate it, please don't leave a review. If you like it, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. To keep, keep downloading and listening. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher. Wait, should I say st- Stitcher before TuneIn? Which one's more popular? Um, uh, I think Stitcher is, but it's okay. Okay, Stitcher, TuneIn, fine. Um, uh, email us, rate, review, listen to our sports talk show. Well, it's obviously the full show is not up yet, but Chris and I are still putting out streams at sportscaster.com slash second and goal sports talk or no sportscaster.com slash SG sports talk. Sorry. Um, you can follow us at SG sports talk on the app. You can and, check uh, out what we actually look like in real life too. Cause there's yeah. video. No, it was kind of, I was confused for a second. It's like, of course, you know, what we look like we're on video, but then I realized only Chris can see this video of me right now. Cause mm-hmm. we're on video, but we're not recording the video. We're recording the audio. So, um, but yeah, you can see what we look like. Isn't that exciting? Mm-hmm. I know. Every, that's what everyone wants to see, right? No, yeah. If I was if I was a listener, I would want to see what I looked like. Mm-hmm. Face reveal. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um. So thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>